When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to Almost Famous Minute, where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Watchmen Minute. I'm Robert Black from Annihilation Minute. Uh, and I'm Mike Lamoth, formerly of the Recasting Couch Podcast. Uh, how was your guys' uh, week there on my couch? <laughs> Very comfy. Yeah, couch couches. You, you didn't have to share. <laughs> Wait, we didn't have to share? Oh, but why yeah. did we? <laughs> Is it a love seat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to put the ottomans out in front. You didn't, you didn't try to lay like twice. <laughs> Spooning. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much for making it back, uh, Mike, uh, as our guest. Happy to be here. Good first minute there. A lot of interesting ideas put forth, and uh, Robert back for, as as our unofficial with no real responsibility. I'll try to take responsibility today. Yeah, right. You better up your game. Um, So this is Minute 62, and it starts with Ed drumming his leg and ends with everyone except Russell singing. Is it just me, or does he look like he's 47 and everyone else looks like they're 23? (laughs) (laughs) It's a rough night. (laughs) It's a rough night, right. No, he actually looks like he should be in Spinal Tap. <laughs> Every time I've seen the movie, I've been like, "Yeah, you you tried out for Spinal Tap for sure." Um, so we have a good, you know, you know, the first twelve seconds, roughly, where yeah, no one's singing yet, and it's Larry that comes in singing. But you know, and like like I said, uh, it's 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 Ed the drummer, you know, with his drumsticks. You know, he just happens to keep keep around him. I've I've seen drummers do that. You know, keep them in their cars or something while I've driven with them. And I feel like there's there's another scene where like he like has his drumsticks and he's like drumming on a on a on a on a back of a seat or something. That's that's almost what I thought here too. I think at points, but then I realized, oh yeah, he does have his legs up. Yeah. So he's kind of kind of is hitting his legs, I think. Yeah, my brother, uh, one of my brothers, well, actually both play drums, but one of them oh. is a drummer, and my son's a drummer, and it seems to be that drummers incessantly drum, yeah. whether they have sticks or not. That's why they're drummers, they can't help it. Yeah. 
or that it just like to drive us crazy. <laughs> One or the other. Um, but there are some of those cuts, you know, back and forth. I mean, it's not like uh, Cameron Crowe knew we were going to be doing this minute by minute <laughs> and, yeah. and segmented these minutes. But, you know, up up till that uh, roughly 10, 12 seconds or so in, you know, like at 10 seconds, 10, 10 seconds, you got, you got the shut, the, 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 uh, cut back over to uh, Penny and William, and they're they're fairly symmetrically looking off to each side <laughs> from each other at that point. I like the shot of Plexia and Jeff because they're starting to move to the music. I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. There is a little bit of a, the head bob. Well, it's the recognition by everyone that, like, oh yeah, like we're gonna get into this. I don't know. I love it. Well, that, that, and actually, I think it's, you know, so Larry starts singing and it's, and it's that cut back over to Jeff with his eyes. He's uh-huh. like, I see what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, we're all going to start singing now. But then my other thought uh, just a few moments ago before we hit record um, was that in rewatching it uh, then, it was like, you know, is, you know, c- could there possibly have been a rule on the bus of like no singing along with anything we have playing at any point, you know, anyone who has that rule on a bus needs to be stopped. You'd be, that's what buses are for. Yeah, no, I am a hundred percent with you. I actually used to sing in multiple singing groups and I was in a band for a while back in the day. So yeah, that would, I'm just thinking of like my school bus, like to and from like sports events. So the song came on, we all knew we're singing. There is a moment in this minute that we're, we're kind of hovering around right now that I wanted to talk about. So there is, uh, it's one of, uh, again, I don't know if I give Camera Crow too much credit or not enough. I'm not sure. but And I don't know if this is on purpose or not, but I love this. So uh, the bass player starts singing. There's Okay, let me back up a little bit. Do you remember back in, the, you know, probably 10 years ago, YouTube first kind of came out. There was a video of a dude dancing by himself at a festival not like this hill overlooking this absolutely gorgeous like i think it's the gorge i think is where it is in california this dude by himself they're they're out of they're clearly at a festival all these people are sitting on their um on their blankets and someone just starts videotaping this one guy he's just dancing by himself and he is in it like he doesn't care about the world around him he is in it and after about a minute or two some other dude comes running out super enthusiastically and starts dancing with him. kind of seriously, kind of joking, but then he mm-hmm. kind of catches that the other guy's like super in. He starts actually getting into it instead of like being yeah. jokey about it. And then a third guy, and then a five, six, eight, nine, ten, and then all of a sudden there's like a hundred people dancing like mad because this one guy kind of put it out there. Yeah. And there is all there's a there's a whole TED talk that was done on this video, and. Mm-hmm. They said that the most important person wasn't the guy who started it necessarily. It's the first person to join. Right. Yeah. Right. It's the powerful first follower that creates the trend. And one of my favorite parts about this particular scene is that Penny is the second one to sing. Yep. And it plays into the idea that, like, she is the band-aid, right? That holds the group together, that pushes these moments forward, that recognizes that there needed to be a follower for their unity of the group to come back. They're like that glue that holds everyone together. And I thought they, they kind of make that as, a, you know, she talks about it as being a not, not a groupie and what the difference is. And I thought this specific scene and her doing that, being the second one to join in and to get everyone else to go, specifically showed 
that role that she claims to play for the band or bands because she does it apparently for a lot yeah. of bands mm-hmm. during uh, in this in this scene apparently she's based on an actual real person and there was a bunch of people who were like this uh but i thought it was really interesting that you know they cut right and william sitting there and she's the second one to say and she's kind of looking around the bus like come on guys let's do it and then it kind of pushes that ball forward i don't know maybe i think too deeply on these things but i thought no that i a... that i agree I, absolutely i think it matters that she's the first one to join in even before jeff who's like you know the singer yeah so he's the and then funny enough on that talk the third the third follower is super important as well not quite as important as the first but the first follower breaks the first wall down and the second follower shows everyone else that it's okay to join. So I just yep. thought that he being the front man is the one leading the rest of the band. Well, and the third one, like the video you were talking about, the third one turns it into, this is a real thing. That first, the guy you're talking about, he comes up and is like dancing ironically, you know, yep. being silly. Once that turns into a real serious thing, everyone can just dance. Yep. Everyone can just sing. Absolutely. Have a good time. I mean, you mentioned Penny, you know, there being a, a real person that was an inspiration. It's actually kind of similar to Stillwater. It's kind of like three different women right. that were the inspiration. Uh, Penny Ann Trumbull and Pamela DeBars and B.B. Buell. And Pamela is actually someone that's on our Pantheon Podcast Network, as it has, oh. has her own show. Oh, get the hell out yeah. of here. So you should uh, check that out if you're. If you're pretty into this into this movie, as, I am. As you've claimed, I'd suggest that uh, that uh, podcast on the Pantheon. Have you guys had her on to talk about? No, but definitely, oh definitely God, looking sure. forward to it. And I have a, I have a couple other um, lined up for that that do the Muses podcast. So you know that's obviously taking a bit from this this show as well. That they're they're the Muse. I would love to hear that interview. Part. That would be super cool. Um, and, and actually, uh, one thing that, that's also, uh, again, back to before that, like 10, 12 second mark when, uh, when Larry first starts singing and that's after the first line, what have you of, of the yeah. song is, is, is sung by Elton, the Jesus freaks out in the street and the handing tickets is, is what, uh, is when he comes in. It's interesting that, you know, it's not like right off the bat he decided to sing, <laughs> Um, and then something else I kind of wondered about if, if you two had uh, thoughts on, you know, other other songs and movies that are sung along to. And you can actually hear them singing, too, you know, um, you know, because that's that's that's, you know, whenever it cuts to someone, it's 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 I I've, maybe I mean, you, you can definitely hear them all singing at different at some different points. But whenever it does cut to the new person. It's, it's 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 definitely focused you on can that definitely hear that, that yeah. that's in that's the highest in the mix at, at least at that point and then it goes back down a little bit for other new people yeah i don't know if i remember any where they actually yeah. have you hear their voice or if it's like a group like this mm-hmm. like you'll have individual people maybe hum along to a tune in a scene but not where it's like a yeah. group of people singing we actually hear yeah, their voice the, and the only thing that's really popped in my mind right now at all is wayne's Oh, for Bohemian, yeah. Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody, but yeah, I don't know sure. that you had there. That's more of like a lip sync thing. They're, yeah, they're more yeah, dancing yeah, to it than singing. Yeah, I don't know it. that you can hear them singing as much. For some reason, I thought of the scene in Titanic where they're in the church oh. service because they're singing. Uh, I think it's "Nearer My God to Thee," and as it pans across, you can hear um, Kate Winslet's voice when the camera's on her. So it's like they focused in the sound. Oh. 
but that's a very different kind of song and scene. Yeah, is. to say I, I'm just as as fond as this movie I am is the polar opposite for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> the bigger one to me, especially since the actor for the other one has kind of gone down in my mind, um, uh, in Magnolia. Yes, with the Amy oh, Mann right. song. Yes. Um, Oh. Is, it, is it save me or is it the other one? Save um, me, yeah. Yes, yeah, um, where it's it's a, it's a little more surreal too mm-hmm. because it's it's all these people that are separated <laughs> that are each taking part and singing, singing, and you and you're hearing their voice and so forth. Yeah, that's a good one. But then the yeah. other one was uh, in in the car singing by uh, by uh, uh, I almost hate to say his name, uh, Kevin Spacey in American Beauty to the Seeker. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and and him. I think even though he is a singer or was a singer, whatever, whatever, um, he, he had some of those chops. I think he kind of purposefully is singing a little off, <laughs> not 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 fully throughout that scene. So there is a really kind of dumb movie that came out when I was in college that uh, me and a bunch of my friends went to see because it was a Denzel movie. But they do that. It was a movie called Fallen. Oh yeah! Oh yes! Oh, oh yes! And where the devil point. passes from one person to the other, saying, "Time is, time on, your is side. on my yeah. side," and my it side, just yeah. goes from yeah. one. John Goodman. <laughs> yeah, I was just playing that song right before we started this <laughs> today oh, wow. recording. Yeah, it's kind and of. And I'm like, a... no, that song was ruined by that movie. <laughs> it was cool. That scene was cool. The movie wasn't great itself. I mean, it right. has an amazing cast. I don't know. It just isn't. Some of my favorite actors of all time, actually: Denzel, John Goodman, uh, Donald Sutherland, James Gandolfini. And Elias Cotius, like those are that's a murder. Yeah, it's a good of, cast. Yeah, but the and and the, the idea was good. The execution wasn't great, but right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Rolling down Highway 41. Yeah, and so so then there's there's a couple points when it cuts over to Jason Lee as, as Jeff Beebe, uh, and and he's he's very much the uh, doing the lead singer thing of closing your eyes while singing. <laughs> you know, he's, oh, I he's definitely just do really that. Feeling it so much that my wife gets mad at me when I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's the cut back over to to Ed playing playing his legs still, and and even the curtains. And <laughs> at one point, but he's he's just got just everyone's just starting to turn on these smiles, you know, yeah. gra- very gradually. And, and 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 he's I think I think he's he's pretty happy, you know. I mean, having been even though it was first sung by Larry, he he was the one to kind of really start off the the mimic yeah, drumming in, in a way, the playing along in some way. Yeah, well, that is the the unifying moment. It's so good. It's one of my favorite movie scenes, I think, ever. <laughs> um, all the while, there's there's uh, one of the I think the two roadies that are on the bus, at least at this time, 
he's uh, standing up in the back, kind of at their kitchenette, maybe, I think. Because <laughs> there's his can, can sitting, can and aluminum foil right behind <laughs> William and Penny. But he seems to be making something or fixing his lunch. <laughs> um, and I recently Breakfast even... at that point. What's that? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Breakfast. Yeah, Breakfast. Yeah. It's just so hard to say. But I even just uh, was in communication on Instagram with uh, uh, one of the actors, uh, very, very low key, but um, uh, of one of the other roadies that was in, at least he was in at, at least the scene, uh, the, the the two scenes, the, the scene with the, when they're coming out of the convenience store and then th- throw the <laughs> bags, you know, uh, bags of chips or whatever. And, and he was one of those guys. I asked him if he was one of those guys, but he actually uh, uh, said something uh, uh, in response to my post on Instagram uh, where I had the screenshot of him sitting in the background in the in that uh, backstage area. And he's, you know, like a guitar tech, roadie type guy. Yes. Way, way in the background. He says, hey, that's me. That's pretty so cool. I talked with him a little bit. I just, I love that this sequence... Especially because, as I said last time, this in the script is so simple. It's just a paragraph. But here, it's like, it's building up along with the song, because it keeps cutting to different people, reacting and then joining in. It goes back to Russell, and he's still not singing, but you can tell he's kind of paying attention. Uh-huh. And Beth joins in, and Ed's having a good time. Takes a while for William to sing, too, but he finally does. It's nice. Yeah, it's a it's you get a little glimpse into each one of the characters mm-hmm. uh, and their way that they join in. Even Dick cool. sings along, even though he's his arm is up, so you can barely see that he's doing it. Well, yeah, and there's a reason for that is because he he couldn't he felt he felt like I think that he couldn't sing very well. He's you know he's 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 not ever meant to be part of a band. He you know <laughs> so, mm. as far as I know, he doesn't play an instrument, <laughs> but he also doesn't sing well, so. He said, you know, he and Cameron apparently talked, and he said, I'm just going to keep my arm here in front of my face because <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm going to be doing this good enough. <laughs> um, but he does tap his finger on, on the yeah. Yeah. So that's something I do. I do a lot myself when I'm, when I'm, when I'm in mixed company. I, 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 go, I go full bore when I'm alone driving back and forth to work in other places in my car. Oh, yeah, but, I'll be uh, drumming on the steering wheel, but, uh, singing but, along. Uh, yeah, with other people around, I'll, 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 I'll keep it pretty quiet usually. Unless, like you say, Mike, if someone else starts. <laughs> then, okay, <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yep. Yeah, did you see there was a video actually that came out recently of some dude who was singing uh, uh, Living on a Prayer? Oh. Huh. It was some dude sitting in like Central Park, uh, sitting on the bench, singing it by himself. And then one person joins in and all of a sudden in like a couple minutes, this whole park is just a cappella singing Living on a Prayer. This guy was just by himself, chilling out on the bench, singing it. It's a it's a pretty cool video. Those are that kind of infectious, uh, uh, you know, camaraderie among people, like just randomly, it's really fun to see. Well, are there any more thoughts on this minute in particular? I mean, it's certainly this it's expanded over between the end of last minute and the beginning of next. But um, I don't know how much you want to talk about the song itself. Yeah, hey, definitely. There's a line from Bernie Taupin. It's quoted in a bunch of sources, so I don't know where it originally came from, where he's talking about writing it. Because he dedicated it to Maxine uh, Feebleman, who he married. And she was the seamstress for the band. 
But he's like talking about how it really was just about all the girls in California when they came out here because... Uh, he says, uh, sunshine radiated from the populace. I was trying to capture the spirit of the time encapsulated by the women we met, especially at clothes stores up and down the strip in L.A. They were free spirits, sexy and hip huggers and lacy blouses, and very ethereal the way they moved. So different from what I've been used to in England. And they all wanted to sew patches on your jeans, which Maxie did. They'd mother you and sleep with you. It was a perfect edible complex, which is very much Penny Lane in this. That's how she yeah, dresses. That's what she is. And all of them, I, I was I was surprised rewatching the movie just this week. How many of them wear like see through shirts constantly? And I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I know it's the seventies, but wow. I think didn't everyone have like a Penny Lane type? Whether it was like high school or middle school, or something, this girl who seemed like almost like a fairy or ephemeral, and just like this. If you're lucky, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> like you just just to to see from afar and be yeah. like in love with because she was just too cool for you. I always the, <laughs> how William felt. You know, I think that that's how he felt with a lot of it. It was just, and then he, you know, he would get close to her and then obviously fall hard for her. But it was just that that whole like hippie chick kind of like has mm-hmm. it together, but is still like cool. I don't know. I, I found that most of the guys of the, of my age group. Um, that I know had someone like that in their life that they could point to. Definitely. Well, well, in that that age that or that time period of middle school, high school, you know, I mean, for me, that's essentially you know very, very, very late eighties into the mid nineties, um, and 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 it was it was just I mean I don't know I don't know if if you just you know five to ten years before that five to ten years after that, but I I I feel like that was just a, a such a strong, you know. Uh, uh, resurrection of the 60s you know kind of hippie uh, feel i went to was i went to high school i started high school in 91 and i okay. finished college yep. in 99 so i was a yep. 90s kid and two woodstocks happened in the yeah, 90s right. yep. 94 99 <laughs> so yeah there was definitely a resurgence of like the 60s 70s thing another one of my favorite movies of all time is days confused which yes you know it's it could fit into this universe very nicely um, yeah. Uh, uh, finally, for for the song "Tiny Dancer," I'll mention it here. That uh, so this is uh, it was released in '72, so it certainly fits. There's been a couple other songs here or there where you know between the between the albums, the albums that that William was going through in roughly '69 ish, um, and then uh, uh, you know the songs that we've hear, heard in this uh, in this time frame of the movie '73. That uh, we're a little out of place, just a good year or two at the most. Yeah, this one's fine. That that sat out, but uh, this this certainly uh, worked well for being the one of the biggest songs that that went on. I, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, it, it seems like Cameron Crowe probably had a feeling. You know, I mean, he gave he he did what he did during the scene. I think to to try to make it what it what it's become to to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah. Originally, it only made it to number forty-one on the charts because okay. it was it was too long. Yeah, like if there was a radio edit that took out a bunch of the good parts, and it was like I don't took out the opening music and part of the lyrics, and so it took a while for it to catch on. But this movie definitely gave it a resurgence uh-huh. years later. 
what, 30 years after the fact, right? Who cares about the charts? Some of the best music ever <laughs> written never saw a chart ever. True, it's, true. It's, I know it is. It's one of the... I think in the, yeah, in the movies, 70s, that's a... Yeah. That's a big thing. Have you guys talked at all about the... Uh, I know that we mentioned like the four bands that made up, you know, that are speculated to have made up the band, and uh, you had me rank them. But have you guys talked much about? And I know we don't have it in these minutes, but I just was curious about how really good Stillwater is as a band. Hmm. Like that Fever Dog song. Yeah. Is yeah. killer. The soundtrack for that movie has a couple of songs on on it from them. And it is. I mean, obviously, Peter Frampton wrote it, right? Peter Frampton wrote it, and yeah. uh, and with Nancy, a bit Nancy, too, yeah, Nancy, <laughs> Nancy Wilson, well Cameron Crowe, even. I mean, you're talking about. Given his... I don't know about rock royalty, but goddamn close, if not. And yeah. uh, so yeah. you, you know, you've got you've got a good writing staff, but still, that that Fever Dog song is killer. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think that really is 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 the standout. The the we we've had in the what we've heard um, in the movie uh, soundtrack itself proper that you know there's just very very way off in the distance in the background for a couple of the songs that are supposed to be still water songs yet mm-hmm. they really sound a bit too 90s to me um huh. so it, it made perfect sense that they'd put those you know just as as just some extra sound of a concert going on behind everyone yeah we never know. hear a whole song from yeah. them but yeah i mean i mean as, as i mean and, and that's such a big thing though is is i mean it's the the 60s 70s all all the way is is littered with um uh one hit wonders um and i'm not saying that uh, stillwater you know they, we don't know much beside this they're they're coming out with a third album around this time around this tour <laughs> not, um you know we don't know anything about any kind of whether they've had chart success or you know if if radio much radio airplay you know we we're not given any of those details so it's so hard to say what what you know what any other songs could have really been doing you know how how well they really could have been but i mean just based on that one song it is that they they, i mean it's 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 a band worth (laughs) i think listening to more you know yeah i would be if that was a real band i'd probably be a fan (laughs) <laughs> they, they, it's it's got it's got the right attitude uh, a somewhat zeppelinish attitude i think that song especially yeah between the, the few songs that we we are aware of but but like i say it, but it seems like a couple of them at least are just 290 sounding to me not that that's an awful thing but it's just not as realistic as as it could be just just think of that as that's why they're not big yeah, they're ahead of their time. <laughs> yeah, right. They're ahead of their time. Right. <laughs> See, I'm ve- I'm very familiar with. I love the uh, the the soundtrack, not the score. Um, uh, right. CD album for uh, the Beatles movie Backbeat. Oh, so that's when they're in Hamburg is what it mostly, almost solely focuses on, and it's and it's only the songs that they were covering. Then it's nothing that they had written themselves huh. is used. Um. But it's all done by because it came out in like in '94, I think. Um, it's all done by you know uh, at least the two Daves, Dave Grohl and Dave Perner, <laughs> and uh, you know two or three other of the of the of the alternative grunge scene guys. Um, and 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 I think they capture you know because it, it, it's a good twelve, fourteen or so songs 
they at least um they i think they hit on that you know almost very 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 proto-punk you know kind of feel that uh, the beatles kind of from what i've heard a bit you know especially like when the anthology came out what they hit on or, or, or what they were doing what the, what the beatles yeah. were, were kind of doing with that in, in germany with with uh with uh uh Ger- germans whether they're they're you know the uh, soldiers or or uh you know not, not so good you know, cr- criminals of sorts hanging out in these <laughs> bars that that, that uh, they were performing in with these cages you know and throwing beer bottles and and things at them and really toughen them up and getting them ready to to play that's the, that's the stuff that uh, Malcolm Gladwell writes about in a tipping point I think where he's talking about the how the Beatles spent so much time just playing over and over yeah, and over right. in, in when they were in Germany and it made them capable of what they were going to do mm-hmm. later I like Malcolm he's good good writer yeah. huh? well are there any other notes before we get to the next minute I think I'm good no just uh I think you mentioned it, but uh, we end with Russell smiling at the end. It's nice. Still hasn't joined in, but he's smiling. (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 a good twenty seconds between the last shot and and the previous shot where he's not even smiling. But like you, like I think you mentioned, Mike, that he has this kind of (laughs) uh, you know realization. Oh, there's something special going on here. I think. What's what's going to happen here? What, what am I going to do? Well, the, the way the script cuts, says it, where'd that line go? Uh, like it or not, this is his family. Yeah. Mm. But you know, yeah, he's smiling, almost almost laughing, kind of, and even putting his head down at the very, at the very last second before <laughs> our minute here yeah. ends. It's it's the kind of thing that yeah, it makes you feel good when when mm-hmm. people people around you think people that you are your. <laughs> Chosen family, not your given. Yes. Yep. Um. So, uh, any further uh, plugs? I, I know Robert, you, your other shows, your multiple shows, similar to me. Yeah, I, I figured I'd <laughs> promote um, Annihilation Minute today. It's up every Thursday. Uh, one minute of Annihilation with a hell of a lot of pre-written research oh. and sidetracks and musical interludes, and those episodes get very strange. Yeah, you talk about the book some. You bring you bring yeah, in yeah. elements of the book at points, and other books and other movies. Yeah. <laughs> it, it gets weird and goes in strange directions. And I love it. And uh, I don't really have anything. Yep. <laughs> You're welcome to go back and listen to the old episodes of the Rassing Couch. Uh, they're on Apple, pretty much anywhere you can get podcasts. Still, they're all out there. Is there is there any way that uh, on social media that that whether it's for was whether it's for that show or your your personally if you yeah want no to, we want to give out? we still have the show uh, yeah. we still have it up our our Twitter um, we're not nearly as active as we used to be but we still interact because we have a lot of friends on there that we uh, you know that we oh yeah sure things come up and you talk about you know the 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 movie podcast well the movie podcast uh, 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 community, a lot of people helping each other out, so which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, we always like that. So, and that's just uh, uh, at Recasting Couch. Okay. Or Recasting Pod. Sorry, at Recasting Pod. Sorry. 
and I'll give uh, my Twitter for the for this show is at Almost Famous Men. It's actually the same also on Instagram. And uh, like I mentioned yesterday, I think Facebook. We have our Facebook page, which is which is at facebook.com slash Almost Famous Minute. And you can find our group. It's the Band Aids Lister Society, and that's where that's where I prefer to talk long form, you know. <laughs> but I'll, every now and then I, I post things besides just the show itself. I'll post on on Twitter a bit too. You can always have a discussion there. Um. So thanks so much, guys. Uh. So this was uh, minute sixty two, and um. Yeah, really hope to have uh both uh, Robert and Mike, or at least one of yes. them. I I would hope. Um, back for minute 63 next time. Um, otherwise, uh, I think we got in everything we wanted to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So next week will be minute 63 nonetheless. And see you then. Until then. It's all happening. It's all happening. It's all happening. I am a golden god! It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.